climate, you say action. Climate, action. Climate, action. Climate, action. It's hard to ignore the strong message youth have been shouting around the world in a demand for more action on climate change. Movements of civil disobedience and Friday school strikes have surely caught the attention of those in power. I'm Daryl Vandenberg, and this is Your World Uncensored. In this episode, we're going to explore some of the ideas behind the Extinction Rebellion movement and their plans to hit the streets again this year. Even the small city of Darwin in northern Australia had a climate march of nearly 1,000 people just last year. Ringing in the new year, the country has been suffering a catastrophic bushfire season, killing dozens of people, over 1 billion animals, and burning millions of hectares. The, the kids are leading the way because, young people are leading the way because our politicians and the adults in this world, you know, they haven't done anything for decades. So it's taken the kids to stand up and say, you know, this is going to affect us, this is going to affect our kids, you know, this is going to affect my daughter. So that's why we're here today. I saw one of the signs that said, you will die of old age, we will die of climate change. I think it's very powerful. Oh man, this is inspiring. If this doesn't inspire anyone, but, you know, they're not human. Look at all the people, black, white, brindle, all the different faces. Different religions, Muslim, Christian, Hindus. Well, I'm, a, I'm a teacher myself and I've seen lots of students here, so it's cool. It just makes you feel hopeful. On the steps of the Northern Territory State Government Parliament, many rallied against the fossil fuel industry, particularly against mining and fracking. Taking Friday off, school students were armed with banners and signs while chanting. This is the biggest march I've ever seen, and I've never lived more than 20 miles from where I was born. This is my ancestral home. We've had marches and marches for, for our struggles, indigenous struggles, but this is for one earth. We haven't got no plan B for anything. Eric Fijo is a Larrakia elder. The Larrakia are indigenous people from the Darwin area. Fijo has been heavily involved in indigenous land claims and other environmental issues. This time, he's joining a chorus of voices critical of the government's inaction. They've got to stop worrying about corporations and money and li listen to the earth. Because what you do to the earth, you do to yourself. And these kids, they get it. Last year, a vote to call a climate emergency in the Australian federal government was voted down. The opposition have been critical, considering Australia was the number one exporter of coal in 2018. It's pretty, dis pretty disgusting that there's still politicians in government today that don't actually believe... The, the vast, vast, vast majority of climate scientists that climate change is caused by humans. Well, I hope the rest of the Australians not only do action personally, but we have to make the governments listen. The majority is with us. The governments are not ruling for the majority. The Northern Territory government lifted a ban on fracking in the territory. Opposition to the move could be seen at the rally on signs, calling for a ban on the controversial industry and its alleged contribution to climate change. We want to stop fracking, we want to stop mining, we want the government to look into renewable sources of energy. Um, abolish the proposition of fracking, no one wants it. Um, in terms of like mega corporations and industries, we need to stop putting our money into these industries. We need to start funding renewables, funding research. 
I think that they should start listening to the people and stop basically investing in fossil fuels and mines like Adani. Along with peaceful protests and student marches, some have taken a more direct approach. Through civil disobedience, many are demanding a fundamental change to the whole political and economic system. Andrew George is an outreach representative with Extinction Rebellion Victoria. He has been arrested several times for his involvement in shutting down major intersections in Melbourne, Australia. What's really interesting is to just think about what is actually at stake here, which I I believe is, you know everything we can possibly think of is at stake. Everything we value is at stake. And I I just think it's not that big a deal in many ways, the consequences, like for me, particularly for me, it's it's something that I, I have to do. Extinction Rebellion has been responsible for shutting down busy traffic routes in cities across the world, with thousands of members joining in the effort. The group started the rebellion against the UK government in 2018, where members blocked traffic and access to five bridges in London. Inspired by the media attention that gained, Andrews decided to join. And I, you know, I emailed them and said I want to help begin this in Australia. And then a few weeks later, I got an email that some people had sort of begun it, or and I went along to a meeting probably the the second or third meeting in Melbourne. Since then, the group has exploded in the media, angering everyday citizens, causing commuter chaos, getting arrested and airing their demands. Regardless of how irritating they become, Andrews says the whole damn system has to change. I think the illusion of doing enough through voting once every three or four years is really over now, uh, as we see these massive bushfires engulfing the country and our government still are not acknowledging officially in any way that climate, the global warming is responsible or is exacerbating the conditions. You know, our, our government, we've got to, it's all under question, like what the hell is being represented? Because basically it's just mines and huge corporations are being represented by a government, like with a token lip service to citizens and absolutely almost no service to the environment which supports all of us so civil disobedience is um but for many of us it's like extreme because it's something i'd never considered at all before i began joining extinction rebellion but it's actually also very very appropriate like we we are the ones who are consenting to this system unless we do something different and and by civil disobedience is withdrawing our consent and it's really really powerful but what do protesters extinction rebellion or anyone want the government to do what is the solution to a crisis so complex many are giving up meat single-use plastics joining ocean cleanup efforts but where do you start to tackle a problem involving billions of people as for extinction rebellion one they demand governments at least acknowledge the crisis and two reduce greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2025 it's bold but is it achievable the main solution is our third demand in extinction rebellion which is to create is that governments must create and be led by the decisions of a citizens assembly on climate and ecological justice. And I think citizens' assemblies, they're basically a different form of democracy than the 
representative democracy we use now. And they are, I'm very, very excited about them getting used more because they have been used throughout history, modern history. They were used in Ireland during, um, to come because abortion was illegal in the constitution. And so it's basically a big jury duty of randomly selected people who represent the demographics of the country, for example. But what it means is that you get away from the short-term election cycle, from lobbying. You have a process in which people... First, I'm really, I was really interested to learn this. There's this organization called the Sortition Foundation, which, used, which um, helps run citizens' assemblies. They train people to identify bias, or the, the people who participate, they show them like how to identify bias, how to think critically, and then they bring in experts who present information, which could be some of the solutions to the situation that we're in. So that's, for me, that is a solution, and that covers not just climate and ecological emergency, but also all aspects of society. It's just, I think they just really produce much, much better results than the government currently can produce. Extinction Rebellion itself sort of doesn't go too far into, yeah, like you asked before, certain solutions because we want the citizens' assembly, we want random people who just are unbiased or whatever or just have their own experiences to come up with the best ways we move forward. But it would be very interesting because everything to do with the, our world would come down to capitalism. That's what's happened to our planet is capitalism in its current form. But the important thing is that there's other forms of capitalism. There's other forms of isms. People get a bit black and white that like communism failed. We must keep going with this way. But I think that that's a real terrible lack of imagination and creativity and, and, to just realize that we can actually shape the world that we are in. These are these are myths, you know. We can write different myths. And um, what's really also important is um, to be aware of, like, the green capitalism, which this, this capitalism is, is... And the corporations that have so much power now, they their modus operandi is to continue. And so they will try and... Um, commodify every aspect of the planet, and and we have to yeah change the system. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck with a green capitalism that will ultimately be just as bad. Andrew says a citizens' assembly could also help with economic and social issues. Looking at the year ahead, Andrew says people can expect the movement to hit them internationally in waves. He says planning when and where to strike is done about a month in advance. April, most likely, maybe May, will be the next wave of international rebellion. And it's really, really powerful to do this all together around the world because the solidarity is just incredible and the media storm is just incredible. So in April, there will be at least a week. I don't know, in April or May, there will be a week or so of disruption. But the thing is, this is 2020. Like, this is really no time to lose as as I'm sure people are aware, but we have to start protecting ecosystems now. We, I think we can't allow any more native forest logging in Australia after all these forests that have just been destroyed, that kind of thing. So it's really, it's all, all hands on deck 